I'm Anthony Fio, and you're listening to the Talk Carby to Me podcast. All right, we're live. What's up, everyone? Yeah, welcome back. Uh, welcome back to the U.S. Thank you. She's back, back in action. How long were you in Germany for? Uh, almost three weeks, or exactly three weeks. Yeah, how was that? It was great. We should have stayed. I've been on a path of destruction since I've been back. <laughs> Accidentally destroying things right and left. No, but it was really, really great. But there's like a freaking heat wave going on. So we got out like at the nicks of time. Heat wave in Germany? In Europe in general. Mm. Yeah, like it's just hot. And they're not like big like air conditioning people over there. So like when it's hot, it's hot. It's hot everywhere. And I don't enjoy the heat that much. It's kind of like, it's it's kind of like summertime. It's usually hot places. What do you yeah. know? I know, but I like my air conditioning. I have decided that I will no longer tolerate things without air conditioning anymore. So moving forward, I'm going to plan my trips around the temperatures. Like your trips anywhere or your trips? Anywhere. Like if there's no air conditioning and it's going to be really hot, like I will probably have to reschedule my trip. Like we just made it do this trip around, but there were like, we were in Milan for a few days and it was really, really hot. And we ended up booking an Airbnb for other reasons as well, but in part also too, cause we needed air conditioning. And we set that, we set that air conditioning so low, the owners probably like, what the hell is wrong with these people? But we opened that door up and we're like, oh, America. There's just no air conditioning anywhere. You just cannot cool down anywhere. I can relate. Yeah, you work out in a sauna. <laughs> yeah, it's quite quite interesting. Adds unintended variables to the workouts. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, are you taking like an electrolyte replacement to help your situation? I usually have electrolytes frequently, um, okay. but not lately. So feeling that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it probably just like completely destroys you by the time you're done working, right? Yeah. The working out and it's not the worst part. It's the, like, if you're sit if you're there working for five hours, it kind of gets to you. Do you ever just go sit in your car and blast the AC? No. Hmm. I'll go outside, but I don't really, I don't need like a cooling station. I'll just die if it comes to it. <laughs> I need a cooling station. I'm a princess when it comes to those things. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. I thought last year was just because I was pregnant, but that's not the case. I'm generally like this. The humidity is the thing that gets me the most. That's been brutal. Like, I'm okay. Like, whatever, it can be hot. Like, I went to basic training in Georgia in the summertime. Like, that's, that's, a, that's a, a whole... Like, it's weather and you have gear and all that stuff. So, like, it's not... It's not the worst thing I've ever gone through, but uh, just when it's outside, when you're outside and you're like being warmly embraced by like a cloud of mist, just very uncomfortable. Everything is sticky and ugh. Yeah, it does make it worse. Like dry heat, like out, like out in Vegas, like that is a little bit more bearable because you don't feel yourself like, I don't know, sweating, I guess. It's hot, but you're not like, you don't feel as much like you're sweating like you do in the humidity. Yeah. Well, you don't like, even have to, you don't even have to sweat in humidity to be sweating. 
this is true. You just naturally just start dripping. Everything yeah, starts just, dripping. <laughs> yeah. You just end, you just walk outside and it's like, boom, moist. Yeah. It's horrible. But, but even in this heat, I'm still doing my sauna sessions at my in-laws. Yeah. And they're still amazing. The only thing is like, we can't cool down enough in between sessions. So it's been a little bit rougher. So do you do sauna and ice bath like within the same like hour? Yeah. So basically I try to do like 15 to 20 minutes in the sauna and the temperatures are like over 200 Fahrenheit. So it does get really toasty in there. And then I like to cool off afterwards. It's not like a true ice bath. Like it's not like ice cubes, like remain their form in the water, but um, it does get pretty cold. So in the winter, obviously it's way, way colder in the, in the pool, but it's not like naturally cooled yet. Um, my father-in-law is going to get a cooling mechanism in the next couple of weeks. So it'll actually cool down, but um, like either the garden hose or something like just like something to shock your system. And then you just lay out for like 10 minutes and then you do the whole thing over again. And it's like, like you get like an awesome high, your body relaxes. Like I can just like notice if I'm like really stressed out or really emotional, I hop into the sauna and it's like my emotions just like sweat out of my body. It's awesome. Sweating out emotions. Heard it here first. Yeah. I 10 out of 10, I recommend. So something that you might find interesting, the FDA has been busy. Yes, they have. And before we touch on that, the who also has been busy and they're also linked. So a topic that uh, often we've chatted about. So aspartame was labeled as a possible carcinogen by the who, which who being not the band, the World Health Organization. <laughs> Yeah, I find that super, super interesting that, you know, like, it's been around for for so long that suddenly now it's being recognized as a possible carcinogen. I, um, I find that very interesting and curious. Um, but also at the same time, I think it's like no surprise. Like, as I always say, like, some things are just too good to be true. And like a zero calorie sweetener to me is just too good to be true. So you're, so you're you're on the side of it's bad of the so in terms of aspartame yes i can't say the same thing about other zero calorie sweeters but in terms of aspartame like i think like yeah i stand behind like if someone's if the world health organization is going to call it a possible carcinogen you know like there's something to read into that so do you trust the world health organization yeah interesting Judging by my response, you can tell that I do not. Um, I figure it from the sound yeah. of it. If you, uh, pretty much if you, they lost me in 2020 somewhere, uh, and you can connect those dots. Uh, but that's the same organization there. The curious thing is that where they classed it as a possible carcinogen is in the same category as pickled vegetables and smartphones. Um, and obviously with the carcinogen factor, what they're really saying is this can cause cancer. Um, the FDA actually uh, uh, disagreed with them uh, when they put this out, uh, but they were referencing studies uh, which do show a link to cancer and aspartame uh, as long as it's in, in vitro, obviously, because you wouldn't be able to test this on a human because it would be, uh, what's the word, inhumane, that uh, it's like 900 times the actual dose for it to get to that point. But technically, if you were to do that for long enough, so that'd be like if you had 11 to 12 cans of soda a day. Uh, that had some some form of it. Um, after a long time, you could probably give yourself cancer if you wanted to. But yeah, I found that super interesting. The war against aspartame continues. 
Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting because like there's, they say that basically you want to limit your daily consumption to about 40 milligrams per kilogram of your body weight or 40 milligrams per 2.2 pounds of your body weight. Um, anything over than that, like, I guess, puts you more in that area that you would not want to be in according to them. Um, so like if you weigh like 132 pounds, right, you would need to drink about 12 cans of diet soda. Um, which if you think about it, like, okay, does, do the most people really drink 12 cans of diet soda in a day? I don't know. I wouldn't, I'm going to say right now, no, that most people don't, but there are always a select few. But then you also have to look into like what other products maybe are you consuming where aspartame is in there, right? So it can, you know, it's just like something to note and to look into, I think. But um, yeah, I'm not going to be buying aspartame containing products moving forward. You also, oh, also yeah. have to look into gum. Gum also has aspartame in it. You still chew gum? No, I killed the habit because you, when you're pregnant, you're not supposed to consume so much aspartame, actually. Mm. Yeah. So I would only like every so often like have gum if like it was just like laying around and I was really in the mood for some gum. Sound like an addict. <laughs> but um, yeah, I really stopped chewing as much gum because of that already. Yeah. I used to chew a lot of gum back in the school days. Gum back in the day was like a political currency. Really? Like you, like you could gain favor. Like if you were the dude that had gum, like, and you became the gum guy and then you needed something and you're always the guy that has gum. Like that's a good spot to be in when you're like in middle school. Right. But then at the same time, like if you're always that person, like, you know, you gotta like constantly stock up on gum. Yeah. It's like a yeah, job. St stimulating the economy. Yeah. <laughs> One yeah. gum packet at a time. Yeah. Lord knows, <laughs> Lord knows someone needs to do it. <laughs> Yeah, but I always like find it interesting, like the FDA, like they're always very conservative about how they approach, you know, certain preservatives or like chemical ingredients and stuff like that. And um, versus like, for instance, in Europe, they have a way, um, you know, like if anything could potentially cause something, they basically say, okay, you're not allowed to use it. Versus in the US, they're like, well, yeah, but it's only if you consume a lot of it that it's bad. So it's fine if it's in moderation. Uh, that's a little bit more of the FDA stance in comparison. Yeah. Uh, I think the FDA should revamp, be revamped or just be completely defunded. I think there is definitely some room for improvement within the FDA. I mean, the world, I mean, the U United States is definitely better with the FDA than it was before the FDA was in place. Cause shit was crazy before the FDA was in place. Like you just did not know what was in your products. Like there was no control over anything like, I mean, if you look, if you just if you do some research about life before the FDA, like there's a reason why they're in place because shit got weird. But at the same time, like they still have a lot of areas of opportunities, to put it nicely. Yeah, I understand the intent of the FDA, uh, but they they are in charge of assessing what's good to eat or healthy foods to a degree in a country with a seventy percent overweight population uh so somewhere along the lines they stopped doing their job yeah i mean also too like there are a lot of industries that are very much connected to the fda right like sugar corn syrup you know like a lot of you know a lot of industries are very tightly connected with the fda and you know it doesn't take a lot to look into that and seeing where you know maybe some favoritism is being played they're in cahoots 
You said it, but yeah. <laughs> oh, no, they, they actually are. Yeah. It's, if, you look, it's, if, if you look at all our government agencies, they're all. Oh. Otherwise, like, we wouldn't have, like, the giants that we have. So you look at the, the energy sector. That we know if, if we're so concerned with climate change and fossil fuels, then our the oil sector wouldn't be so insanely profitable. We would find like we we have the technology to replace it already. We just don't focus on it. Yeah. Even yeah. if you look in, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and then when you look towards the food industry, like you kind of know the answer. If you stick to mostly whole food stuff, you kind of eliminate all those other problems, or most of those other problems, I should say, and yet still. You have all these, you know, tons of shenanigans that go on as far as like, oh, you can kind of have some of this, kind of have some, like, just draw the line and let the people choose and so on and so forth. But yeah, I mean, you can even look at even the hemp industry too, right? Like it was a point where like hemp was a more widely used source for like, I believe it was for rope and stuff like that. And I don't know, things changed eventually when the cotton industry took over a little bit more, but there's a lot of things one can do with hemp that just aren't being done because of that. There's like 7 billion things that can be done with hemp. Like, not that I would ever do anything with hemp, but sometimes, you know, I see someone doing something with hemp and I'm like, oh, I didn't never really, never figured it to be that kind of thing. Yeah, it's interesting. That's for sure. Yeah, I think like the cool part is about like being like living at this time in our lives is you get to see the connections to, you know, government agencies and these different industries and stuff like that. But at the same time, it just takes away any trust you might have possibly have had. Yeah, that's been the theme. Yeah, it's been the theme of like the last, you know, three and a half, four years with just about with just literally every organization on Earth. Like, I don't think there's one major organization that has not fallen under some scrutiny to this point. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of any right now that would that didn't fall underneath the scrutiny. But yeah, I mean, at the same time, I think it's good to show the connection to the different industries. Um, and at the same time, like it just, I don't know, like as you just you just have to do your own research and things. But doing a bunch of research research takes time as well. Yeah, and also, I mean, and then it goes into there's not really a great place to research because uh, everything has a spin on it to a degree whether from whatever side yeah it's even hard enough to get access to like to studies you know if you want to think like unless you're in college that's like your only time you're getting quote-unquote free access to a whole database of studies you could go into pubmed and all those places right but at the same time like you know it's just hard to get your hands on proper research too and um even the research that is published i mean that's also biased within itself too because not all not all research studies are being published. Yeah, it's you can definitely find them. Most of them. It's kind of like trying to find a good audio track on LimeWire back in the day, though. Like one of them's got a virus. One of them's not real. One of them's just like something completely different. One of them's going to destroy your parents' computer. Um, but once you can, you can dig through it pretty good um, to get yeah, to some, some of the stuff. If you're willing, of course. If you're willing to put all that time. Yeah, it does take time. Sometimes when I'm looking up stuff or like I see something and I'll just like look into it a little bit and I'll check for studies and things like that. It's like a drag searching for them. I agree. Yeah. It, it really is a drag sometimes. And then it's like, okay, whatever. Like I'll just consume said product then and just hope for the best. 
yeah. So yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. I mean that's that's about what most people are doing. Most people are winging it, and you can kind of see how that's going. Yeah. Uh, they also so something that's been burning a hole in my brain has been the approval of lab-grown meat. We've talked about this before on here, but now it's real. So it started out in Singapore with a couple of companies, and they were doing it only in restaurants, and it's like $50 for an order of chicken nuggets. Um, and it's like it's super, super expensive. Apparently, they're making it cheaper. Right? Initially, it was like $300K for a burger. Now it's down to somewhere around like 50 60 bucks, something like that. Um, oh, that's sure. That's like a quarter pound burger. That's not like a, you know, like a, a hefty burger. Woof. And so the FDA recently just approved it for commercial use as good and safe to eat. Yeah. A lot of questions around that one. <laughs> yeah. So, so how we got here is beyond me. I personally, I have, I think this is like the grossest thing of all time. Yeah, I mean, I'm cool with us like cultivating organs for like organ transplants, you know, but like, are we going to grow food now that way in a lab? I don't know, especially like meat, like of all the things to started off with, like, couldn't we have like just start off with like, I don't know, like a potato or something like that. But, like why we had to go down the meat side already of things. I don't know. It just makes them more disgusting, in my opinion. Like it's kind of gross. Yeah, the the like it's just gross like so if you see how it's made so basically how it's made if you've ever been to a brewery and you see those big vats right they're like scientific versions of that and what they do is they take cells from a chicken right so chicken when they say lab-grown meat right now it's chicken is the only one that will be available they take the cells from chickens they put them in that vat petri dish container whatever you want to call it and they feed it nutrients that it would have eaten and it eventually grow, the cells grow, multiply, and it turns into edible chicken. And then you know, they've the pictures that they've shown of it, it looks like chicken, right? They've shown, I've seen like a fried chicken sandwich. I've seen like a grilled chicken, like salad. And, and they can go ahead and just manufacture it. And obviously these plants cost a shit ton of money, which is why you have the cost of per pound right now, as far as that meat's so high. Um, so obviously that's going to have to come down. And like right now, it's just that, but they're, uh, I was reading about, they're also working on beef, lobster, fish. Um, and the, the scary thing about it is beef will be the next one. So they can make a steak and a pair, and the way they grow it, according to them, it has all the same nutritional components that it would have if it was a, like, if you went to a farm, killed the cattle, turned it into a steak and ate it. The concern here is that they acknowledge that they have the ability to take a piece of beef that they grew into a steak in a container with the nutritional profile of salmon. Ew, really? Yeah, they have that ability. And the, it's the, according to what they, what, a, what like a spokesperson said, it's not a perfect thing yet, but they know that they can do it. So you could have like people who don't eat red meat, for instance, right? This like there's tons of people that don't eat red meat for whatever reason, but they eat chicken or fish or like a pescatarian. You, like you, some of those some of those meats you're going to be missing some amino acid diversity, right? So <clears throat> or variety, I should say. So they can have that chicken with the nutritional profile of a steak or steak with the nutritional profile of 
uh, salmon, which is fucking insane. That's wild. So it's kind of like, looks like beef, tastes like salmon. Enjoy, folks. <laughs> yeah. That is wild. I mean, that's, I mean, I, it's going to be interesting to see like what comes of it if people are really interested in that. Um, but given like the whole impossible burger kind of situation, I'm going to think that people are going to love the fact that they can have a maybe like a burger made out of salmon, but it tastes like a burger, for instance. I'm sure the I'm sure it goes both ways that so you can make salmon taste like beef, too. Yeah, I'm going to go on record here. Salmon burgers are awful by the way yeah i'm not a big fan of those either i've tried them multiple times like i really wanted to love fish burgers but i don't but a grouper sandwich is amazing yeah just keep it in its regular form it's great yeah, yeah. i uh i uh i had signed up for butcher box and they were like oh free salmon burgers forever the like, cool i'll take <laughs> I'll, I'll take that promotion what could go wrong everything went wrong oh like my God. so so much went wrong it was absolutely horrific yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of them either. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are like some pluses to the lab grown meat, right, that I can get behind. Like, you know, there's little use of antibiotics when having to do with there's little use of other medicines that they have to that animals would typically have to get that wouldn't be infused then in the lab grown meat. So that's really cool. I do like that idea. I like the idea that they claim right now that would help cut down on greenhouse gases and all these great things. But at the same time, like, you know, we're still having to build plants and all of that. Like, you know, what, where's the trade-off here? But, you know, whatever. That does still all sound great. I like the fact that, you know, animals may not be so tortured, you know, for to help supply the food chain. So Can I stop like, you? On? Can I stop you on that sentence? Sure. Have you ever seen a deer get attacked by a bear, a lion, um, some kind of gazelle thing get attacked by an alligator, anything like that? Have you ever watched a video yes. of that happening? So the in in the the animal kingdom is far more savage uh, than most. To say this correctly, it's far more savage than most of the upstanding meat the meat producing parts of the of our industry like so if you have like an organic farm and they pride themselves on humanely doing stuff it's far less savage than watching what actually happens to a deer in nature okay i'm gonna disagree with you a little bit on this one because the deer being chased down by an alligator being savagely murdered it's like you know whatever let it be an event of a couple of hours okay let it even be a day Let's even say whatever it bleeds to death for some reason, okay? It might even take 24 hours. But, you know, the whole, like, um, conventional far like conventional meat, the way those those animals get, like, moved around on these belts and all of that, I mean, that's like, that's like that animal's entire lifespan. So that's like days and weeks and weeks and weeks of it, which I find horrible and horrifying. Like, even now when I was in Germany, like, every time I come back, I'm, like, so motivated to, like, find a farmer that, like, treats their animals well because I hate seeing how, like, when I used to live there, you'd see so many cows on the field, cows that were going to end up, you know, in the food chain, right? And now they're just all in their stables. And mind you, they look way nicer than whatever you would see, you know, in, like, true conventional farming. But they're just, like, stuck in this, like, one little position there. They get to stand up and they get to sit down. And that's basically all they do for their whole entire life. And I find that really sad. Yeah. I mean, do, do I, so obviously there's some horrible practices like that meat, the meat industry is 
can be horrific depending where you're looking. Uh, and it's pretty much widespread. It's not like anyone's immune from it. Some places do tend to lean a little bit better on the, uh, the more humane side. Uh, but in my opinion, the deer is going to get absolutely demolished by some creature or the gazelle is going to get annihilated. I mean, I saw a video the other day of an alligator just drag a deer down into the bottom of this like lake type pond thing. And like someone was happened to be there and have it on camera and it just drowned the deer. It didn't even eat, like chew it, kill it with its teeth. It just drowned it and just kind of sat on it. And like the poor thing looked like Bambi and it's like, Oh, but that's kind of like the laws of the, laws of the animal kingdom realistically like so when you say like eh, i get like you know they're sitting there and they can't really do much um and so i agree with you there but also like if you have like farm raised grass fed and they're taken care of and you you know someone who leans more towards like raising them correctly and all that stuff like it's actually in my opinion it's better than being torn apart by a lion like i would rather if it was my turn to die Rather than being like sawed in half by someone with a chainsaw, just, you know, give me a little injection. I'm done and take me away. Use my body for science. Yeah. I mean, I, I do agree with you there. Like there, if one can raise cattle humanely, right. They're not just like on this like conveyor belt of life, then for sure. Obviously I think hands down that is way better than, um, than the animal kingdom. But at the same time, like, I mean, if, Oh, I can't even Google it. There's like horrifying images I've seen around it. And it's just, it's just awful. I mean, they'll make anybody want to go vegan, these images. So, well, that's why the images, that's why they get put out in documentaries. Um, some of the bad ones, I mean, like, obviously, like you have like the chicken farms are pretty, can be pretty bad where they, mm-hmm. the ones where they make artificially significantly larger. So like, obviously, if you look at a chicken's legs, they don't do like day, right? They're very, very skinny and they can barely walk. So like they topple over. So their wings and their legs don't grow fast enough to support their body. So they're just like this huge piece of chicken breast with that just like can barely move and stuff like that. Some of that stuff is pretty brutal and not all chicken farms are like that. I think if you look at like the size of chickens that you're seeing in grocery stores, especially if you're looking towards like, you know, whole food sources, like a whole food kind of specific one, or like if it's organic, you see them, they're a little bit smaller than, you know, back in the day, you have like these massive birds that you could just buy. So um, some of that stuff goes, I mean, farm raised fish also, I agree with you there. Farm raised fish is just awful looking. Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, also too, with the whole, like, obviously like good efforts are being made. Like, like if, for instance, if you, if you're trying to go buy eggs, which are so many different kinds of eggs that you can buy you got like the free range and like the outdoor space kind. Right. But yeah, they might be free range. They might be outdoor space, but they might like throw a bunch of chickens into one little like free range outdoor space kind of thing. And they can barely walk around too. So I don't know. I find the whole situation very challenging to navigate, to be honest. Because like even yeah. grass fed, by the way, grass fed just means that they, they were fed grass like once in their lifetime. It doesn't mean that their entire lifetime they were fed grass. So if you want to truly look for grass fed, what you think of as grass fed beef, you have to look for grass fed, grass finished beef. Fun yeah. fact, I just recently learned this like a couple months ago. I was like, God damn it. Like you just try to put like, you just try to put, you know, do good efforts for your body and like try to buy the best quality meat that you can. And like, it's still not good enough. By that definition, I'm grass-fed, by the way. Let's just put that out there. So should I ever die and someone feels the need to eat meat, I can certify that I am grass-fed. But are you (laughs) grass-finished? Definitely not (laughs) grass-finished. Yeah. I don't know. So Does does that mean that vegans are grass-finished? Oh, interesting. Maybe. 
they tend to have lower bone density. So you know, it could be. Maybe, you know, you never know. That could be the future. Yeah. So my thing, my thing with it, right? So we get into synthetics. So one of the biggest synthetic concerns right now is AI. So if we have the ability to grow from chicken cells, right, grow chicken, from beef, grow beef, salmon and so on, I'm assuming lobster right there from what they say. So they already know that they can do this, right? They could probably do it for human meat, right? Now, function and nerves probably would be different. I haven't seen anything that really dived into that as far as looking at it from a function standpoint. But let's say they get to the point, uh, actually, they're going to get to a point if they if they're doing it that like already here and the, the industry is estimated to be by 2040 13.7 billion dollars right there's going to be money in there there's going to be funding everyone's going to jump on board there's going to be a way to create human meat right so does that lead to the point where we can get like you know if you had your arm cut off by a bear or an alligator or some kind of accident like can you grow your arm back and stuff like that so that'd be pretty interesting to see where that goes but when you look at ai as a whole right so if they get to that point and they grow a human that doesn't have consciousness right because obviously i don't think that's something that we're ever going to be able to recreate we take ai like maybe on like a little flash drive and we stick it into the human body that we just grew and now it has ai consciousness so technically it's like it's like irobot with skin I was right? just thinking that I wrote up. And then and then that person existed and they were just a person in society. Everyone would be like, oh my God, like the, you're not real. You're not a real person. Like this is abhorrent. Like, uh, like, ha like you're not real at all. Yet they make meat. And it's like, oh yeah, this is great. Like, absolutely. But it, you know what I mean? And it's, I guess it's like, it, it varies on like what level you kind of look at it as, but like it, it's the same conversation and that's, this, they're all the same road. Like, yeah, I think that's a really good analogy that you just drew, actually. And I think I'm going to borrow that for moving forward. I think that's just like a really great, like, look of it to say, okay, like, at what point do you feel like the boundaries being crossed? Yeah. You know, and I think like I probably that boundary is different for every person, too. You know, like, at what point is it too much for you? Someone with like the processed food conversation, like what you consider to be processed food is different to my definition, too. You know, and so we're just taking one step further now to you know, homegrown people. Yeah. Where do we draw the line? Oh, yeah. Because if you don't think it's going to happen eventually, especially if, if we can grow tissue from mammals already, like, don't think that that shit's not coming. Um, Altered Carbon on Netflix. Uh, I, I'm not really a fan of season two. Season one of Altered Carbon on Netflix. Great example of that. Uh, it's in the future. People have sleeves. And then your consciousness is installed on a little disc. And then so like, everyone would have like a little, like a little slot on the back of their neck. So I would live in this body until this body was aged. I'd take my, my disc out and I'd put it into a different body and whatever. And they call them sleeves, put it into a different one. And boom, I'm now that person. Very uh, interesting. Yeah. And like, the funny thing is, is like, you, you see those shows and you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But now you look at everything that's going on in the world and you've got lab grown meat, right? Which if you really look at it, technically it's the ability to reproduce mammals in a, in a lab. And now you have Neuralink is making its way into human trials, right? So we talked about Neuralink before, right? So the brain chip that goes, it can give you cognitive abilities such as regaining speech, regaining, sorry, regaining motor function. Um, and even, you know, down the road, it'll probably be able to communicate 
with others as far as like, you know, you're, you have an operating system now. So like you could send like a text message with your mind, right? Crazy. All that stuff coming together is going to, you know, intersect at some point in the future. And you'll have these, the ability to create another synthetic thing that every would freak everyone out. There's not a person alive that like, if you created a AI into a human body and that was a consciousness, there's not a person alive that, that would not be like concerned about that. However, if we give you chicken nuggets synthetically, like it's the same. And like, you can just manipulate the entire component of it, yeah. which is insane. I still stand by the stance that as of right now, again, my stance could change in the future as things keep developing. As of right now, I whenever humans try to recreate something, it's never as good as the original as of right now. So whenever we try to recreate nature, it's just never the same. And um, there's always consequences that come from it. So I'm kind of curious to see, you know, like what happens from all of it, because I quite frankly don't 100% buy that lab-grown meat is like nutritionally exactly the same as normal meat. Yes, they might tell me that, right? But I just still don't believe it yet. I guess what, what I would see from it would be like, if you equate it uh, analogy form, if you equate it to maybe like a person who's never, ever, ever been sick, they've never been exposed to any kind of pathogen, virus, germ, sickness, or anything like that. It's just always been perfect. It doesn't have, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The biodiversity, the antibodies or the immune system that you would normally associate with something that just lives on this planet. That would be, that would be my guess. Um, so, Let's say they are correct and take them at face value, which is a huge mistake for the for the record. But let's say it is like that's one component they're not going to do. Like they're not going to have a vat of chicken, right, to create chicken breast and then expose it to like, oh, this this germ and you know how do you like have an immune system and things of that nature. So that's definitely going to change. That's going to be different than what you get when you have like the real thing. Yeah, I'm actually really glad that you brought that up because that's something that I read um, when researching about this topic as well was like how, you know, like less diseases and whatever not that can possibly come from it, but it also at the same time means you all to be exposed to less. So, you know, it's always like a catch 22. Some with the whole like, um, you know, um, like hand sanitizer stuff. Like, yeah, that was a really great movement and we do need hand sanitizer, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, like people that are chronically exposed to like, these germ-free environments, their immune system is just so weak and it makes you more susceptible to diseases that maybe other people who were like rolling around in dirt um, would be more immune to. So I don't know. I think the future is definitely going to be interesting. Um, it's definitely, you know, by the time we're 80 years old, it's going to look, the world's going to look way, way different. And our food supply system um, is going to look way, way different than it does right now too. Yeah. The, the, concern, that, the concern that I would have down the road is that this is just going to further give them a crutch when they just randomly kill cattle uh, like they've been doing across the world. Um, which, which is weird because like the fact of the meat consumption kills the cattle anyway. So if the cattle are what's causing climate change, it seems like it's doing its thing. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I know like the people love to like throw the whole, you know, cattle industry into like causing like the whole greenhouse gas stuff, but I don't know. Listen, like I think there's a lot of worse things that we're doing to the planet besides, you know, growing cattle for the greenhouse industry. Yeah. One of the arguments for it is it'll help sustain the growing population of the planet, which yeah. the, the headline for that sounds a great, it sounds amazing. If you actually look at reproductive data from a lot of countries, it's not really a thing. Uh, which is, which is another scary part that we're probably not going to go too far into, but a lot of places are starting to experience that population decline for numerous factors, uh, but low birth rates, um, and more single folks, um, are definitely leading to that. And I think Japan just crossed the threshold, uh, we're on our way to it in the next five to 10 years. Um, so it's not so much a thing where it's like, oh, we're going to run out of like the actual cows or it doesn't look like it is like humans are about to be scarce. Yeah, I find that so such an interesting debate because I remember when we were young, it was like, what are we going to do with all these billions of people on this planet? And everyone was freaking out about like, how, you know, how many, how many people are going to be on the planet? And now that it's reversing, everyone's freaking out all over again. But it's like, if you look at it, like 20 years ago, isn't this kind of what you wanted? It's not even like a freak out. Like, strangely, many places don't report on it. You just have, like, I happen to stumble across it and find it interesting. Uh, with a couple of the psychologists that I follow that happen to be on that topic with other people. But like, once you actually like look at the data and stuff like that, like it's very, like the projection would be way off um, from what we would have figured like 20 years ago. Yeah. At least, I, at least when I was now in Germany, it was definitely more of a topic of conversation of like the low birth rates, at least in Germany and how that's, you know, going to impact, have like an economic impact too and on the social systems that are in place. Um, but also China is facing issues too, due to their one child policy that they had. Like now they have their own little situation too of like now, you know, there's their population is shrinking too. And what's that going to look like? Yeah. Well, the, yeah, well, that's where AI comes in. Like if you run out of people to run the simple jobs, AI is just going to, hey, I can do this job. And then, you know, Terminator begins in real life. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe less people on the planet is kind of like a good thing. And then we have our AI robots to do some other stuff. And like, maybe overall, this is, I think overall that it's a good way to go. You just got to figure out, you know, the economic points of it. What AI? No, in terms of like, at least like in Germany, for instance, there's like certain, certain social systems that have to be, that are designed to be upheld by a growing population. Oh, uh, yeah. What they should do, and since we're on the topic of populations and like things and stuff like that, like uh, RMVs, DMVs, make them uh, self-checkout like they do at the grocery store. Yeah. Right. That that would make that process better. Uh, a lot of those, like play, when you, when you, places where you go and you pay taxes, like city hall, stuff like that, like you could have, you could eliminate most of that stuff. hundred um, percent. A matter of fact, including um, going through customs, like if you go to customs in Europe, for instance, and you're an EU citizen, you just, you just scan your passport, you walk right through. I'm not even going to go into details of the nightmare that I went through on our flight back here, but it was awful awful and they only had five people employed for foreigners visitors and um global services were you searched no they didn't even have time they don't have time to search you these people no. are overwhelmed well, yeah you're, you're coming into the united states we don't give a fuck actually some people do get pulled out it does it does still happen but like like if you look i mean if you're with a baby you're like all right you're probably safe right but 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's just right now, it's it's really a frightening process to fly into this country. Yeah, well, you came in from the right side of the country. If you come in, if you come up from the south side, you don't have to worry about too much of that stuff. Yeah. I'm funny. That was a good one. Oh, okay. I was like, wait a minute, that's not from my experience. <laughs> you just got to know the right people. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, I have a lot of stories about that, but we're going to save that for a different day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go too off topic. <laughs> so you're a new mom. You're back in the gym, back to what seems to be your normal rhythm. So how has that <laughs> been going? Yeah, good question. Um, not so much my normal rhythm yet. I'm still trying to find it. Um, it's getting better. Also, like working out wise, things are getting better. But I think that plays mainly into that I can sleep more now. And like sleep is just everything, especially with recovery. So I can actually like do a workout, get basically enough sleep to next day to the to like actually only feel sore for one day, which that's huge improvement already. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Only remaining issue still remains that I need childcare. I need someone to watch the child. You, need, go to. you need a butler. You know, it would be really great. I, that'd be awesome, honestly, because quite frankly, like people like I, I have significant amount of help in comparison to a lot of other people when it comes to my child, but still not enough. I still need more help so I can continue to do my life and build a career and, you know, continue to go to the gym. Like I would still love to have a little bit more help. Um, but people that don't have any help whatsoever, like, Oh, I feel for them. It is hard. Like your whole entire world and day is just like mine already revolves around my child, but that for sure, like only revolves around your child. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. Honestly, it's really hard to imagine unless like you're in it. It really is. Like even me looking back at like what I thought this journey was going to be like, I was so naive. I don't want to discourage people from having kids. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just, super naive. Just go out and just go go out for milk one day and uh, come back in about four years. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. But... Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask something. Huh? I thought, I thought you were going to ask something. No, I was, I was letting you cook. Oh, yeah. No. So basically, like, my thing now is right now is, like, in terms of working out, like, I'm just trying to get to the gym as often as possible. Like, right now, there's not, like, a real routine that I have right now in terms of working out. It's, like, if I go, I'm just so pumped, and I just try to do a whole body workout that day. Um, because who knows when I'm going to make it back to the gym next. Um, that being said, it did occur to me, it might sound crazy, but it did occur to me, I could just work out at home as well. I know that sounds crazy. That I didn't think about this earlier. If you I start making, if you start making content where you're working out with the baby as the weight, I will judge you. I did already do one video and quite frankly, it's a brilliant idea. And there's not enough videos around that. Like, I just want to, I just want to follow someone showing me a workout of how I can interact with my child and still work out at the same time. Cause that's really what, that's really what you need. Like your baby needs constant like entertainment and you're their source of entertainment. If you treat him like a kettlebell minus the swing and velocity, like don't do the ballistic movements, but just do everything that you would do with a kettlebell. You probably, you'd probably be the same. Probably wouldn't be much, much of a difference there. Yeah, I've actually done that. I've like I've lifted Tomas up for reps, 
And like, it gets really tiring. Like the baby is like, you know, 19 pounds now, like it doesn't. And I used to overhead press way more than 19 pounds, but it may just be the angle or like how you have to do it. But my God, you do like 15 reps and you're dying. I mean, 15 reps is still a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like at this point right now, like I'm right now going more for volume because at least at home, I don't have enough weight to, to go for, you know, for strength. Got to go for volume. Yeah. But yeah, something I'm looking into like building out like a home gym, but just, you know, running the cost versus doing a membership somewhere that has childcare. Like you got to like just compare all those factors in there. Yeah. And it's hot. Um, yeah, it is hot. It does. It does. You do get a bunch. You do get some good options for childcare places, but not a lot of places have um, decent childcare. That's the thing, you know, like I'm already nervous about leaving him with a stranger, let alone an environment that like I would not feel comfortable in. Yeah. But I mean, our local options, they're pricey, very pricey. People want their money to watch your baby. Yeah, I think we definitely deserve a better brand of uh, fitness lifestyle companies, in my opinion. So uh, ditto, I ditto that. Yeah. Speaking of fitness and lifestyle, uh, I this might this happened while you were gone. Uh, did you see MSNBC's tweet? No. So MSNBC at the beginning of the month, they tweeted that the f like far right extremists are obsessed with fitness. Right. It's a it's a behavior of the far right now. No, get out of here. Yeah. So. Uh, if you read the article, which I will read for you, uh, initially lured with health, health tips and strategies for positive physical changes, new recruits are later invited to closed track groups where far right content is shared. What? Right. So I would assume there's a little bit of truth here. Like maybe this does exist and people have experienced this. Um, Cause obviously they sell fentanyl through Snapchat somehow. Like, I don't know, but apparently some people have, have experience, you know, you, you end up in a group that's like promoting, you know, Nazi shit or something like that. Um, but they're saying, but the way they like branded this article is like, if you are into fitness, improving yourself, this is a far right extreme behavior, um, which I found to be absolutely hilarious. So like reading what I just read that paragraph, like my first thought, like the first time that I read the article, so like I saw the headline and obviously the headline like, is a big, you know, go fuck yourself, MSNBC. Um, but reading that, I'm like, oh, they can invite me to a group that shares memes. Like, I'm all for it. Like, any kind of meme. Like, just hit me with meme. That meme group that out of nowhere that I get invited to for working out all the time. Yes, sign me up. I'm about the meme life too. But wait, so you basically, are you saying that working out is a right leaning thing? Yes, and they reference Adolf Hitler and his he liked boxing and he liked fitness and he liked to make sure that his cronies, whatever you want to call them. Uh, we're also fit and in shape and that behavior becomes toxic masculinity and it's dangerous to society. That's where the article ends up going. No fucking way. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Okay. But like, what about all the yogis? Do they fall in this category? The who? The yogis, the vegan yogis. Probably not. I don't think anyone's ever linked that. I don't. I'm sure someone has, I don't think I've ever come across anything that's like, oh, yoga is toxic. Right. That is just crazy. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. That's just, I don't even know what to say. I'm like perplexed right now. Yeah. Well, like what a, what a bold statement. Yeah. Also too, I don't know. Like why, like why does everything have to be categorized into like a political segment? Like why does fitness, like please leave fitness neutral. I didn't even think like fitness could not be neutral. Right. So basically it's like, oh, you might be a Nazi if you're working out. It's like, come on. Jesus like, Christ. Let us have this thing. Yeah. I mean, fitness itself is polarizing within like the different modalities and like whatever the science of it and whatever not. Strangely, you know, science can be polarizing, but like to make it now a political issue, that's frightening. It's hilarious. Yeah. I, I guess hilarious I, is a good way to see it too. Yeah. It's just absolute parody. And I mean, we everything, you know, it's easier to get clicks, bait people into stuff if there's some form of opposition and you're forced to choose a side. Like if you look at like all the different modalities in fitness, it's never just like, Hey, here's all the things, pick the one that you enjoy. It's like, if you do that, you're, you suck and you're going to get injured. If you do this, like you're going to have body dysmorphia. If you go this route, you're going to be chubby, but strong. Like, you know what I mean? Um, and instead of like, it always has to be like, let's pit one against the other. And you have, you know, I, I think a lot of that has come from, you know, over the last 10 years, what happens in our politics, like our politics is the new, um, what's the word? It's like the new peanut gallery, kind of like you're just watching like a comedic show. And it's no longer about like, hey, here's an idea. Here's the other idea. Which idea do you kind of vibe with? It's like, there's this idea and that person also like stole this, that, and the third. And this person voted for like such and such. And this person when they were 15, like did that thing. And there's like a, it's like a reality TV show. And that's how, that. yeah. And that's how, how they kind of portrayed it. And that just has trickled down into like fascism and fitness, which is wild. Yeah. I mean, it's like politics just shouldn't be a place. Like I want my politics to be like C-SPAN, the old school way, like boring as fuck. Like I want it, I want it to be monotone, boring. I don't need all the drama that comes with it. Right. But like now it's just becoming like, I mean, everyone's like tuning in. People across the world are tuning into United States politics, not just because out of like their own interests and global interests, but because it's entertaining. Yeah. Their ratings are shot though in the U.S., they get zero, they get almost nothing. So thankfully it's a dying industry. Yeah. Yeah. They should take that writer strike and extend it uh, into, the new, <laughs> in, into the news media. And to be clear, that's on both sides of the aisle. Oh yeah. I mean, at this point, like it's no longer just like one party. It's everyone. Yeah. Everyone. And even the people that are trying to be neutral, like people that are trying to be neutral and like kind of like bring the old school politics back or like, you know, the old trust in politics back. Like they're just, I don't know. You don't even hear about them. They don't even make headlines. Uh, they do on certain platforms. Substack, uh, Substack and uh, Twitter are probably your best places to find independents okay. that kind of, you know, doing that kind of work. But um, Fair. yeah, it's sad. It's sad the way things have gone, but who knows? There's opportunity maybe here. No, <laughs> there's no opportunity. Anthony has no faith in the future. He's like, that's it. We're gone. We're done. As someone who used to work for the government and then looking at the government now, I have no faith in the government. I have no faith, no yeah. trust. Zero. Ugh, sad, sad, sad. 
Yeah, and you can throw all the government organizations in there. You can throw the IRS in there. You can throw the World Health World Health World Health Organization in there. You can throw the World Economic Forum in there. Like, you can yeah. throw NATO, the UN, all of them. Zero trust. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, sad world. Mm. Yeah. But um, have you ever heard anything about this? I I have to like research his last name real quick, but this Brian guy who invented Venmo, have you heard of him? No. He is reversing aging. He spent over $2 million on basically doing every single test and study like under the sun. And he has perfected some sort of formula now where he's reverse aging. That's pretty dope. Yeah. I highly recommend checking him out. His name is Brian Johnson for the record. If you Brian look him up, Johnson. yeah, he looks, so he doesn't go into the sun anymore, which makes him look like very, I don't know, like not human anymore. Uh, but there's like really interesting like YouTube videos out there about what he does. And he takes like, I don't know, I think 20 different kinds of supplements or even if it's four different kinds of supplements a day, he's basically on a vegan diet, which I find super interesting. Um, but yeah, he's reversed aging. I'm looking him up right now. How old yeah. is he? I want to say he's like in his 40s. Have you ever seen The Vampire Diaries? No, but he looks like one. Yeah, this dude looks like he could be the main villain. He's 45. And he does. So does he just come out at night if he doesn't go into the sun? Or does he wear, <laughs> does he wear long sleeves? He does wear a lot of long sleeves from all the things that I have seen. He does wear a lot of long sleeves. Um, but he drinks, like, he has his whole diet written on the web, on his website, too. So, like, his um, his big, whatever, new thing is called the Blueprint. And he has, like, a blueprint about around his food, his supplements, different measurements that he's taking, even, like, his sleep. He's very transparent about what he um, what he does. And I mean, it's super interesting, like his, like from his workouts and everything that he does, like he tries to, you know, um, make sure he stimulates every single muscle in his body, you know, the whole, his like a whole stretching mobility protocol. I mean, the guy is like super fascinating and I am like, I'm so fascinated about everything that he does that I'm just on the start of analyzing everything to come up with my own conclusion. He actually, so he spends $2 million a year on this. Oh, my on bad. Himself, on himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's been developing this for the past couple of years now, and he's just now coming out now with all of his findings and stuff. Yeah. If if what he looks like is the cost of anti-aging, I'm good. <laughs> You're okay with aging? <laughs> I'll age. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not... Listen... I don't think I'm anything special, but you know, we're approaching fine wine status. So, uh, yeah, if this is what, it, if this is the cost, I'm good with not looking like Dracula. You know, though, I think like if he just had a little bit of color to him, I think, and he like, he maybe cut his hair. I think that he would be a better marketing tool than he already is. Yeah. Cause he, he looks like Dracula. Yeah. Like legitimately. Yeah, like I think like with like, you know, the nice short haircut, you know, and a little bit of color to himself. I think, you know, he would he would it would look more 
you like something like a program you would want to follow. Yeah, there is a funny side by side here of him. I'm assuming it looks like a TED talk. So I'm assuming if he created Venmo, then this is his time as the you know the founder of Venmo. And then compared to him now, after he's got like a you know ton of money, he looks completely different. Uh, it's another sign that you're not, you know, you're not genetically not gifted or anything like that. You're just broke. Uh, but he does look way healthier. And what do you know? If you invest in yourself, you do look significantly better. Yeah. Healthier, yeah. I should say, because this dude definitely looks like a vampire. For sure. And I think that's quite frankly, like, I don't he he kind of like reminds me of Spock a little bit. Yes, he does. Right? Like, I feel like, you know, it's just, it's just unfortunate. Right? But his, his philosophy and his supplements that he's taking off that it is very interesting. Like every morning, like he wakes up drinking like this specific green juice with collagen and stuff in there and amino complex and creatine um and like chlorella powder like i'm interested in intriguing some of his recipes and i'm and i'm gonna try some of these recipes out yeah i throw this guy in the same category that i throw the five people that went on ocean gate down to the titanic <laughs> there there are times where people get too bored and have too much money like it is such it is a thing yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely, right? Like this man clearly had like enough money that all he needed to do was just worry about like his health and his longevity and all of that. Um, but yeah. Oh, here it says his monthly blueprint cost is $1,684.50. And that includes testing and supplements and food costs. Not sure if I buy that 100%, but... Yeah. You know the alien and have you ever seen the movie Aliens? No. Oh, well, you know the android guy that's in uh, Star Trek? Yeah. He looks like him. A hundred percent. He could he could play him in a reboot. I I actually just found something to fill his time since he has so much of it. <laughs> Hollywood is calling. They need him as an actor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, wild. you're welcome. You can check him out. Yeah. That's wild. I think it's super funny that you see all the because I'm seeing a lot of things that are linked. It's super funny that you see all these people that it's like how I started to look and feel younger. And it's just you went from a, the average body style to an in shape body style. And it's like, no shit. Welcome to the fitness industry. Yeah. Also, too, like I think, um, you know, like if if you just eliminate like a bunch of like shit food from your diet. Right. Like we talked about this a million times already. Like how much of that already improves the way you look. And then on top of that, you start working out. Wow, what a change it did to your life. You look so different. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, this guy's wild. Yeah, I recommend checking it out here. I'm going to it's uh, I'm gonna send you this for your viewing pleasure. Yo, he swaps blood with his teen son. That's, yeah. so that's, so this is where you get me like, like your harvest, like the, Look at everything that we've talked about in this episode so far, like synthetic shit and like doing all that stuff. So like you're telling, you just swap blood with your, like you just run your kid's body, your kid's blood through your body. Like, come on. But I will say like, at least for his son, like good blood loss and then having to recreate your blood again in your system that is healthy. So like for women, for instance, having like their monthly period is actually really healthy for them in terms of like, you know, cycling through blood. Um, which men don't get to have. 
that's why like women stop getting their period. It actually like, you know, it ages them significantly because they no longer have this like rejuvenation process. This dude eats his last meal of the day at 11 a.m. Does he really? Where do you read this? I'm just looking at I'm just looking at all the headlines from Google. Uh, yeah, he's trying to reverse his biological age to 18. Yeah, definitely stuff to look into. I mean, there's like a lot of information on this and a lot of like things um, to look into and stuff. And a lot of YouTubers now are doing videos with him and like emulating his lifestyle for a day or a time period just to see like how they feel. Um, I don't know. I'm sure there's honestly, here's the thing. Here's my opinion about it so far. There's clearly something to it because of how much data there is backing what he does. So there clearly is something to it. But does it have to be so extreme is the question. And does everything he do, you know, this is everything that he does absolutely necessary. Yeah. Yeah. From a, a couple of things I've on here said, like his doctor said the results are minimal, but I guess he is saying there are results. So might be onto something. I wonder what his like, what his like strength metrics are though. Here, hold on. I actually, where did it go? So the website that I sent you, if you click on fitness underneath this blueprint thing, it will tell you um, at least his workout routine on your fitness scores. Or did you send it to my phone? Oh, I guess so. I sent it to your messages. Yeah. Okay, so it says here fitness score, scoring equal to top 10% of 18-year-olds in the following. Bench press, single rep, 240 pounds. VO2 max, 58.7 milliliters per kilogram times minute. Um, leg press, single rep, 800 pounds. Push-up, continuous, 60. Yeah, bench press isn't bad. Yeah. So leg press isn't bad either, 800 pounds. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. Like, uh, I don't know. If, sorry. I mean, I just just to give you my where my brain's going right now. Uh, for if you look at him, he doesn't look like someone who could bench two twenty five. But if he does, that's awesome. Uh, I had a double quarter pounder with cheese yesterday and a six piece nugget from McDonald's, and I benched two seventy five. So uh, have fun with your blood swapping, Megan Fox, <laughs> with your weird helmet on. But no, that this is like obviously the guy like, is in great shape. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, his VO2 max is insane. Yeah. And he, he actually, I mean, if he eats like that and he's still able to bench that, that's, uh, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Oh, check it out. Continue to check it out. I think it's super fascinating. It's been something like, of course, like the more you look into his stuff, the more it's going to keep populating on your algorithms. Um, but it's, I don't want to call it like a current obsession of mine, but it's something I enjoy researching at the moment. Hey, I respect it. All right. All right. So I think we're going to wrap here. It's Sounds been a good, good welcome back for Sandra. Welcome back to the show and the United States of America. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Yeah. So we'll catch up. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Bye.